Let's bow before Almighty Yahweh and come before his throne. Father Yahweh, we come before you. We thank you so much for all the blessings that you've given to each one of us. We pray that we would walk according to your ways. We would show that we are committed to you, that we are devoted to your word and to you and to your calling. Father, we pray that you would be with those in this room. We pray that you would be with those seeking prayer for those sick or asking for another prayer request, that you would be Yahweh Rapha, that you would heal them, that you would provide them a prayer and an answer according to thy will. Father, we thank you now and we give you all praise. In the name of your son, Yahshua the Messiah, hallelujah. Y'all may be seated. So uh, today, we're going to continue with the Fruit of the Spirit series, and uh, we're going to focus on faith. Now, as we've done with the previous messages, I want to first review the nine uh, fruits, all of them, that we find within the Word, and that's found in Galatians. So Galatians uh, 5, verse 22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. So again, we're going to talk about faith today. You know, we've talked about, and we've uh, read this through, uh, throughout this series, this passage. I'm not going to spend a, much time on it today. I will, will say, though, that I believe the characteristics, the attributes we find here form the uh, bedrock or the foundation of Yahweh's word. I also believe that Yahshua would include this within his definition of what he called the weightier matters, as we find in Matthew chapter 23. And for this reason, it's crucial that as believers, we strive to adopt, that we strive to live by the attributes we find within this passage. So with that, let's talk about faith. What is faith? Or, you know, I'd like to begin these uh, messages looking at the definition, defining what these words mean. So what is faith? Or it comes from the Greek word uh, pistis, and uh, here's Strong's, it's persuasion, or persuasion that is credence, moral conviction, says of a religious truth or the truthfulness of Elohim or a religious teacher, especially reliance upon Messiah for salvation. So that is the meaning of this word pistis, as we find through the uh, Greek. Now I want to look at the uh, definition found through Thayer's as well, Thayer's Greek lexicon. It says, conviction of the truth of anything, belief. In the New Testament, of a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to Elohim, and divine things, generally with the included idea of trust and holy fervor, born of faith and joined with it. And then here are some sub-bullets that go along with what we find in the header there. It says, relating to Elohim, the conviction that Elohim exists, and he is a creator and ruler of all things, the provider and bestower of eternal salvation through Messiah. Relating to Messiah, strong and welcomed conviction or belief that Yahshua is a Messiah, through whom we obtain eternal salvation in the kingdom of Elohim. Another definition that goes along with that is the religious beliefs of true believers. And lastly, here we find belief with the predominant idea of trust or confidence. And keep in mind, this is faith. Whether in Elohim or in Messiah, so faith can apply to both, springing from faith in the same. So we find in Strong's that faith, again, comes from this Greek word pistis, And it refers mainly to a persuasion, to a moral conviction of a religious truth. Now, we also see here that it refers to an alliance upon Yahshua the Messiah for salvation. Now, 
Both apply, again, this concept of faith to the Father and to the Son. I want to focus on two words we find here. Number one is persuasion, and the other one is conviction. Really try to delve into this for just a moment to understand better what these words mean, because I think it's important. I think it's important that we understand the definition, the gravity of of what these words convey. So the Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines persuasion this way. It says, the condition of being persuaded, that is an opinion held with complete assurance or a system of religious beliefs. So notice that complete assurance. Now, the same source defines conviction this way. It says a strong persuasion or belief or the state of being convinced. So that is the definition of faith, if you will. You know, for me, one of the definitions that really stands, stands out here is this is having an opinion or belief in complete assurance. Complete assurance. And we're going to talk more about why it's important that we're fully convicted, fully persuaded, fully convinced in Yahweh and our Savior, Yahshua, when it comes to faith. Now, I want to delve into uh, the Thayers as well here. As we see here, the Thayers offers a much broader definition than um, the uh, Strong's. And by the way, this is one reason why it's important that we go beyond Strong's. You know, some people, they look at Strong's and they never progress beyond Strong's. As uh, students of Scripture, we need to go beyond this. We need to look at sources like the Brown River Briggs, very good resource from the Old Testament, and also here, as we're doing now, the Thayer's Greek lexicon. Again, they, they add beyond what we find normally from Strong's. So as we see here from Thayer's, it defines faith as a conviction of any truth. Now, as it pertains to our faith, or the New Testament, as we find, it refers also to a conviction in Yahweh, including, it says, the idea of trust and fervor. Trust and fervor, very powerful words if you think about it. This includes the idea that Yahweh exists, that through him all things came into being, and that we find salvation solely through our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, through his shed blood. Now, as believers, do we have a conviction? Do we have a persuasion? Do we really believe in Yahweh, our Father in heaven, and our Savior, Yahshua? That's really what we're looking at today. That's a question. That's what we're pondering today. How strong is our faith? How strong is our persuasion? Are we convinced? Are we partially? Are we fully? Where is that? You know, how deep is that belief or conviction? Like the Holy Spirit, I believe that people can have more faith than others. You know, we know that the Bible talks about maybe quenching the Spirit. The Bible also speaks about cultivating the Spirit. The Bible speaks about us receiving the down payment of the Spirit. Or just in that same way, again, we as believers can have a different level of faith. Some have a great amount of faith. Some have less. You know, as we'll see throughout this message, faith is a deep, intense, and passionate belief in our Father in Heaven and Savior. It's not something shallow. It's not something weak. shouldn't be. Again, it should be something intense and, and powerful. It is something that should penetrate our very core as to who we are as a person. It should motivate us. It should drive what we do and what we say as a person every day. Hebrews 11, it's known as a faith chapter. I'm going to spend a lot of time in Hebrews 11 today. Hebrews 11. Within it, we find the biblical definition of faith. We find the importance of faith. 
And we also find many examples of faith, what faith is and what faith isn't. And again, many, many examples of what faith looks like from a scriptural standpoint. So I want to begin there with verse 1. Verse 1, we find the definition of faith from a biblical standpoint. You know, this is uh, similar to 1 John, where it talks about the definition of sin. Scripture is very specific. It's the breaking of the transgression of the word. Where here, we find a very, very specific definition of faith. So the uh, Restoration Study Bible, the RSB, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. The uh, NIV says, Now faith is being sure, being sure of what we hope for, and certain of what we do not see. So again, the RSB here speaks about is this, this assurance in that which we cannot see. And the NIV says that it's being sure of what we can't see. You know, when it comes to our faith in Yahweh, how sure, how confident are we? You know, another way of asking this is how far are we willing to go for the one we worship? You know, think about for that for just a moment. Ponder that in your mind for just a moment. How far are we willing to go for the one we worship? And I believe that that will tell us a lot about our faith. Are we willing to go partially away? Are we willing to make some concessions but not all? You know, would we give up our jobs if it meant not working, working on Sabbath? That's an example of faith. Would we choose Yahweh over certain friends that maybe is a bad influence? Maybe we're coming into the faith and we realize that I can't do this. This isn't compatible. Whereas faith. You know, would we freely give to Yahweh our tithe, even in those months when our budget was a bit tight? I believe that's faith. You know, faith is more than a verbal confession. Sort of like repentance. You know, some people have this idea that if they say I'm sorry, or if they say I regret, that they've repented. No. Repentance in the Greek is a turning around. It is thinking differently. It is acting differently. It is a different frame of mind where the same thing is true about faith. Faith is a belief or conviction in Yahweh that drives our behavior, that drives our, our worship. It's, again, a deep, intense, and passionate belief in, in him. You see, if we really have faith in Yahweh, the truth is we're going to go all the way with it. We're going to go all the way with what he says within his word, including in those times where it's hard. Life isn't always easy. Life is hard sometimes. Sometimes we get bad news. Sometimes we come against trials or tribulations in life. What do we do in those moments? How do we respond what faith do we put within our Father in heaven? In fact, it's in those times of trial and persecution when we have the opportunity to show and strengthen our faith the most. You know, Scripture speaks about that. Again, the basic definition of faith is a persuasion, a conviction in our Father in heaven and also in the Messiah. It's a belief that, again, goes down to our core that drives us as a person, who we are, what we do the decisions we make, the behavior we show. Now, as we've seen in Hebrews 11, verse 6, faith is an absolute must. I want to read that. Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, But without faith, listen to this, without faith, it is impossible. Notice that word impossible. It is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to Elohim must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Where it says here that it's impossible. 
That's a real strong word when you think about it. Impossible, pretty concrete. Not, not a lot of wiggle room there. Impossible to please Yahweh without faith. Well, that means that we can keep the Sabbath, and yet if we don't have faith, or we're not really pleasing the one we worship, right? Because it says here that it's impossible to please him without faith. So based on that, how important is it that we have faith in, in the one we worship? Well, I guess it depends on how important it is to us or for us to please Yahweh. You know, I think I can speak for everybody here and those listening. When I say that we all desire to please the one we worship, we all desire to please our Father in heaven. But again, what it really comes down to is how far are we willing to go to show that conviction, to show that persuasion, because I know that there are some here and some listening that are willing to go further than others to show that conviction. Again, whether it is making the concessions or being resolute when it comes to certain situations or sacrificing certain things, that some are willing to go further than others. So how do we have faith in Yahweh? How does this work? Number one, it says here that we must believe that he exists, that he is. And number two, we must believe within his promises. You know, for most of us, I think we believe that Yahweh exists. I, I think we're there, that we, we believe that, that there is a creator out there and that his name is Yahweh. Sometimes, though, I think we uh, have a bit harder time having faith in the promises we find within the word. You know, when we face a, a bad situation, sometimes it's hard for us to, to have faith in Yahweh. You know, whether it be a, a loss of a loved one, a serious sickness maybe, or even a bad financial situation we're facing, sometimes we lose hope, don't we? We've all done it. You know, sometimes we lose hope. We don't have the faith. We give in. that It wanes. It weakens. And again, that faith suffers. But as we see here, if we desire to please the one we worship, we must have faith in him. This is so important as the other fruits, as we've talked about throughout this series. This includes when life is going well, and this also includes when we struggle in life. This includes every day, every moment of the day, that we believe in Yahweh, that we believe in his promises, that we are fully convinced, fully persuaded in what he says he can do within his word. It's in those moments of trial and tribulation when our faith and belief in him is most important. And that's something we need to remember. I want to consider now a few examples of faith. We see lots of examples. We're, I told you we're going to spend a lot of time here in Hebrews 11 today. So Hebrews 11 speaks about many of the uh, faithful within the Old Testament. And uh, the first one I want to look at is Noah. Noah. So verse 7. Hebrews 11, verse 7. It says, By faith Noah, being warned of Elohim of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. So we see here the faith of who? The faith of Noah. You know, we know from the uh, story of Noah that Yahweh warned him of this coming flood and also commanded him to do something very strange. He commanded Noah to build an ark. You know, as a side note, some believe that before the flood it had never rained. Or I tend to believe that this was probably true. You know, some believe that there was a, a canopy over the earth and that a mist sort of covered or watered the earth at that time. 
Now, maybe it wasn't. Maybe that's not true. That's what I tend to believe. Assuming this was true, consider what Noah must have thought when he was warned about this pending coming worldwide flood and commanded to build this large boat. And as we know, the ark was enormous in size. It was large. It was was a big, big boat. According to Genesis 6, verse 15, it was to be 300 cubits in length, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. In modern measurements, this measures 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Now think about that for just a moment. Think about the sheer size. And by the way, for those who may not know, a cubit is, uh, is, is uh, 1.5 feet or 18 inches, generally uh, speaking. So to help you envision this, to picture this, here's a slide that shows the dimensions of the ark. Now, the width was two school buses. Think about that. One boat, one ark. The height... As you can see, if you can see on the screen here, three giraffes. I don't know if anybody's seen a giraffe at the zoo. They're, they're really tall, and three giraffes stacked on top of the other for the height. Then, of course, the uh, length is just massive. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not big in football, so frankly, I've never been to a football game. But I know the fields are pretty big, and it's 1.5 football field in length. So the ark was enormous in size. Enormous in size. Now, according to Scripture, no one, I'm sure, helped from his family, built this mammoth structure before this flood came. Well, the Bible doesn't tell us how long it took him to build this ark. The estimates range from 55 years to over 100 years. So let's look at just 50 years. Think to yourself, imagine, just consider, spending 50 years building this large boat. Maybe you've never seen rain before. You have no... You have no evidence of a coming flood, but you believe Yahweh. And you spend 50 years building this large boat, not knowing, again, having no evidence, but you do it because you believe. In many ways, I don't think we grasp the enormity of the ark, the the, the structure of the ark, the the time it took to build, and also the faith that it was required by Noah to, to follow through. And you know, we find here with Noah that, that it was his willingness to obey, by the way, right? Yahweh told him he obeyed through his faith. And that's an important concept we'll talk about later. And for all these reasons, we find here that man, uh, Noah is a man of faith. He's mentioned specifically within this passage as a man of faith. Now, the next uh, three examples involve one man or a man, and, and that man is Abram. This man is known, or Abraham He's known as the father of the faithful, a great man, a man that really stands out in Scripture in so many wonderful ways. So I want to begin there in verse 8, Hebrews 11, again, verse 8, and we're going to read through 10. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whether he went. So he didn't know where he was going. He had no clue. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and the heirs with whom of the same promise, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is Elohim. 
You know, like Noah, I don't believe many of us consider the faith that Abraham showed throughout his life. This man was incredible. You know, we see here and also from the Old Testament that Abraham was told to leave his country. He was told to leave his country, to leave her the Chaldees, and uh, go to a place that he knew nothing about. Now, for a moment, for a moment, consider what this required of Abraham. Well, number one, we know that he was 75 years old when he left. That's the understanding that he was 75 years old when he received this calling and was told to leave. So imagine being 75 years old. You have spent your entire life or the Chaldees. You have your friends. You have your family. And Yahweh comes to you one day and says, look, you got to go. You have to leave everything you know. You have to forsake the relationships that you've made all these years and go to a land that I will show you. Consider the faith that this man had. He left his family, he left his country, he left everything he knew for a land that he knew nothing about. You know, when we talk about stepping out in faith and allowing Yahweh to guide us, there's no better example, I believe, than, than this man. I mean, he really stepped out in faith and simply obeyed Yahweh again. You see, his faith produced obedience because he, he followed what he was told. And he, he, he uh, left, as Yahweh said. Now, as a side note, it's important to note that Yahweh commanded Abraham to leave his country. Why do I say this? For the reason I say this is I've seen some uh, make rash decisions without really thinking through the process, and they'll use things like this to justify that decision. Now, I'm not discouraging anyone from stepping out of faith, but I do believe that uh, this was, again, a special case. Yahweh commanded Abraham to leave everything he knew. And when we do something like this as believers, it's important that we, along with our faith, that we also have some discretion and some wisdom that we're not rash. And I say this just because I've seen this over the years. People, they, they'll use examples like this, and they'll say, well, I just felt moved, and, you know, but did you, did you think through this, uh, this, this move? And they'll say no. You know, Proverbs 21, verse 5 says this. 21, 5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit, as surely as haste leads to poverty. So it's important to also plan and, and, to, have a, and, and to have wisdom and discretion. The lesson here is that we're to have a plan and not to do things in, in a rush, especially life-changing decisions. But again, saying all of that, it's important that we have also the faith of Abraham. You know, if Yahweh tells us to go, if we receive that divine voice, then Yahweh says, look, you know, your time is done here. You need to move on. Or you need to go here. We're to do it. You know, from a prophetic standpoint, if the tribulation would happen within our lifetime, I believe that like Abraham, we will be called to leave everything we know and everything we have behind. So prophetically, this is a real situation. This is a real situation that we may find ourselves in the same situation as he found himself in. Yahshua, the Elephant Prophecy, said this. He says, when you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, that's that 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 unholy thing that will stand in the holy place of the temple. Stand in the holy place, he says. Whoso reads, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Don't go back. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. You know, there's coming a day when we as believers may have to walk away from everything we know, everything we have, everything we've earned, everything we've accumulated, and leave 
and go where Yahweh says to go, and travel as Abraham did in faith, leaving again everything behind. You know, would we have the faith? Would we have the devotion? Would we have the dedication to simply leave our homes and travel somewhere Yahweh said to travel? Would we have that kind of faith? Or would we say, well, I just can't possibly leave this place. I can't leave my home. I can't leave my relationships. I can't leave my family. You know, Abraham could have said all those things. Because I do believe that prophetically there is coming a day. And I think we all agree that what we're seeing in this day and age, I think it's getting close. Now, I'm not one to predict times, and, you know, maybe it's 100 years off. I don't know. And I always get criticism when I say things like that. They'll say, no, it's not 100 years off you. Whatever it is. I do believe that it's getting close. And I think as believers, we need to have this mindset that, that if Yahweh calls us, that we need to have the faith to leave just like Abraham did. So I think this is very applicable, possibly prophetically, to what we may have to do in the future. Well, let's move on. I'm going to read another example from Abraham, verse 11 through 12. It says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. Now, on the surface, that's not a big deal. But we're going to learn more about how she and when she produced this child. It says, and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful. So it says, she judged him faithful. She believed who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as a sand which is by the seashore, innumerable. So it says here that Sarah was able to conceive when she was past age. And when it says past age, I don't know if we fully comprehend the uh, significance of what we find here. When Isaac was conceived, Sarah was 90 years old. 90 years old. Abraham was a whopping 100 years old. Can you imagine? 90 years old, 100 years old, and you're able to conceive and produce a child? So what we see here is uh, when it says she was past ages, she was beyond the years of childbearing and, and many, many years beyond childbearing. She knew that under normal circumstances that she could never have a child at her age. Even back then, 90 was too old. It was not possible. You know, from a natural standpoint, she was right. But as we see here, she still believed in Yahweh. She knew that even though naturally this was not possible, that even though this was not doable based on the, the, the natural world and, and how things worked, she believed. And as a result of that belief, she conceived. And she conceived a child that would eventually number as the stars of heaven, as the sand of the seashore. Now, along with Sarah, we also know that Abraham believed Yahweh's promise. In fact, I kind of believe that Abraham had more faith. I don't know that for sure, but certainly in the Old Testament, seems to show that Abraham had more faith. Well, we see here that Sarah had faith too. This is that she believed. Now, as believers, how does this story relate to us? Or the most obvious application is that we should never view anything as impossible for Yahweh. Nothing. You know, I believe that we can make the, he can make the impossible possible. But for this to happen, what must we have? Or for this to happen, for him to make the impossible possible, we must have faith. We must have a conviction, we must have a persuasion, we must, must be fully convinced that he can do these things. You know, maybe you know, we're struggling with some sort of sickness or disease, you know, do we really believe that he can heal that disease? 
Even in those moments when our doctors may say there, there's nothing more we can do, you know, we need to remember that there's something Yahweh can do. There's something Yahweh can always do. And, you know, nothing, nothing is beyond Yahweh's healing. Nothing is beyond Yahweh's power. Nothing is beyond his ability. You know, another way of saying that he can make the impossible possible is that he can make the natural supernatural. Does that make sense? He can make the natural supernatural. He can make a 90-year-old woman produce seed when she's beyond age, 90 years old. It shouldn't be possible, but, be, but again, he can, make that, but he can make that possible. And that's precisely what he did for Sarah. He allowed her dead womb to conceive seed at 90 years old. But again, all this happened because they had faith. They believed. They were convinced. They were persuaded. Matter of fact, I think Romans, in reference to this, and this is Romans 4, says that Abraham was fully persuaded. I've always really um, found that significant. Fully persuaded. In other words, there was no doubt. There was no hesitation. There was no um, concern. He knew that Yahweh could deliver upon the promise. I want to look at one more example here, and that's uh, starting at verse 17 through 19. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Accounting that Elohim was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. You know, the story of Abraham offering up his son Isaac as a burnt offering is one of the most, I believe, powerful stories we find within the word. In many ways, it parallels what we find between the uh, relationship of Yahweh and and Yahshua the Messiah, what, what Yahweh did for us by giving us his only begotten son, sacrificing his son for our benefit. Now, in this story, Yahweh told Abraham to go to Mount Moriah and offer up his, says only son, son of the promise, really, but his son Isaac as a burnt offering. Now, as we know from the story, just moments before Abraham was ready to plunge the knife into his son, an angel of Yahweh cried out and stopped Abraham from doing so. Instead of a son, Yahweh provided a ram, Scripture shows. A ram. He called that place Yahweh Yuri. Yahweh Yuri. Yahweh sees. Yahweh provides. And you know, Yahweh does always see, and Yahweh always does provide if it's his will. You know, for me, no example more than this one shows Abraham's deep faith and devotion to Yahweh. Think about it. Consider what he was asked to do and consider his willingness to do it. He was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac, the son of promise, to show. Yahweh, that he believed, that he was convinced, that he was willing to sacrifice everything for him. You know, for those parents here and those listening, how many of us would be willing to do the same thing we find Abraham doing here? How many of us would be willing to offer our child as a burnt offering if Yahweh said to do so? I would say very few, if any at all. And that's just, that's just the way it is. Very few, if any at all, would be willing to do what Abraham did here. And I say that not to diminish anybody here, but to exalt the faith of Abraham and how incredible this was of this man. He was a very special man with a very special faith. 
And again, Yahweh used him in a very special way, and that's why he's called the father of the faithful. Now, there's one more point here I want to bring out, and that is Abraham's belief that, that Yahweh could have risen or raised Isaac from the dead. And, you know, I don't believe this diminishes the faith that Abraham had in what he did. But we see here this is important because it, it shows that he believed in Yahweh's, the power of Yahweh's resurrection, even, even then. It's one of the earliest accounts, if, if you look at it from the standpoint of this, occurred during the time of Abraham. So what is the lesson here for us? Well, the main lesson here is this. How far are we willing to go to show Yahweh that we believe in him? How far are we willing to go to show that Yahweh, to show Yahweh that we're fully convinced? Where this means that we can hold nothing back, that we have to go all the way with our faith. You know, when you think about it, everything we have is because of him, including our own existence. You know, we're here simply because Yahweh allowed us to be here. We're here because Yahweh wanted to create a universe. We're here because Yahweh sent his son and created all life on this, on this earth. But we're here simply because Yahweh wanted us to be here. We belong to him. We are his. And we are his property for that reason. And for that reason, everything we are and everything we have inevitably belongs to him. And that's one reason why I'm such a strong believer, by the way, in the tithe. Yahweh says it's holy. It doesn't belong to us. And I also believe that the tithe is one of the few commandments that really show our faith, that really show our, our willingness to devote our, our substance, our, our very wealth, and what we receive to our Father in heaven. Well, I want to transition now and look at something Yahshua said of Mark, chapter 9, verse 23. Mark 9, 23, it says, Yahshua said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth or believes. You know, we've already talked about the fact that nothing is impossible for those who have faith in Yahweh. And again, that's a very hard concept, I think, for many of us, but it is the absolute truth. This is an example we find here from Yahshua the Messiah, the Son of Yahweh. And again, our example. This is the message he gave. You know, it's so important that we understand that with, with Yahweh, there are no limitations. There are no boundaries. You know, so often I think we as humans, and, and I'm guilty of it, I think everybody's probably guilty of it, you know, we put boundaries on what Yahweh is capable of doing. Whereas believers, we should never put a boundary on what Yahweh is capable of doing. Sometimes Yahweh doesn't do things. You know, sometimes we pray, for whatever reason it doesn't come to pass, and, and, and that is Yahweh's prerogative. Yahweh knows. And we're not to question the will of Yahweh. But at the same time, we should never put a boundary on Yahweh. We should never put a limitation on him. Because, again, with him, there are no boundaries. There are no limitations. There, there's nothing he cannot do. He can do all things. You know, for a moment, think about who Yahweh is. In essence, he brought this universe into existence. And he also, through his son, brought all life into existence. We also know through Scripture he is all-powerful. He is, he is all-knowing. And he is all-present. You know, with a resume such as this one, there is nothing beyond his ability. Nothing. And we need to remember that as believers, that when we start putting boundaries, when we begin to put limitations for, for Yahweh, we need to think again. We need to realize that even though we're limited, Yahweh, again, has a way of making the natural supernatural. He has a way of making the, possible impo or the, the uh, impossible possible. He has a way of doing the incredible, and he can do it, and it's easy for him to do.
We also need to realize that this is all based on faith. This is all predicated upon our faith, our belief, our conviction in him. You know, we see so many passages, and I'm touching the surface, by the way, of faith today. I mean, there, there's, you, could, you could spend an entire series on faith and what it is and what it's not and all the many examples we find of faith in Scripture. But as believers, we need to remember this. We need to remember that all things are possible through him if we have faith in him. But again, it requires faith. You know, we also need to realize that, again, this is all based on faith. So how strong is our faith in him? How strong is your conviction? How strong is your persuasion? Are you partially convinced? Are you somewhat convinced? Or like Abraham, are you fully convinced? Where's your faith? Where does that fall? You know, the answer to that is so important because, again, I believe our blessings are personally based on the answer. If we have no faith or if we have weak faith, or we're going to have weak blessings. And this isn't about health, wealth, and prosperity. I, I despise that theology. No, this is about Yahweh saying within his word, if I'm going to give you something, if you're going to be blessed, you need to believe in me. So this is not health, wealth, and prosperity, but this is the concept that if we're going to be blessed of Yahweh, we must believe and not put boundaries upon him. Where in Matthew 17, 20, Yahshua gave an example of what we can do with even a small amount of faith. Matthew 17, 20 says, And Yahshua said unto them, Because of your unbelief, lack of faith, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, Remove it hence, to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So how much faith does Yahshua mention here? It refers to the faith of a mustard seed. Some questions about what this is exactly, but most agree that the mustard seed is a very small seed, one of the smallest seeds. It produces a very large plant or herb. Based on what Yahshua says here, what can we do with even the faith of a mustard seed? Where he says here that we can move mountains. Now, some over the years, they view this literally. Others view this more uh, figuratively. I, I tend to view this more symbolically. What Yahshua is saying here, I believe, is that even with a small amount of faith, we can accomplish great things. Even with the faith of a mustard seed, a very small faith, we can accomplish great things. We can move a mountain. You know, if we're honest, I believe that most, if not all of us, we fall short, though, when it comes to our faith. And again, you know, sometimes it's important just to be real. Just some, some, sometimes it's important to, to realize that, yes, we do need to improve, that we are falling short, that we can do better. And that's not a bad thing because, you know, as human beings, we all have room to improve. You know, in some ways, we give lip service without fully believing in Yahweh's promises. You know, for example, we may say that we believe that Yahweh can, can heal our diseases. But then within our minds, deep down, Many of us have unbelief. Many of us have doubt. You know, it's this unbelief and doubt that stifles, I believe, many of the potential blessings that we could receive. It's this doubt, it's this hesitance, it's this refusal to be fully persuaded in the power of Almighty Yahweh. And again, I think we're all guilty of it, but it's something that we all need to consider. You know, we find this message in James one, six through eight, it says, but let him ask in faith. So, so here's how we ask in faith. It says, nothing wavering, nothing wavering. 
For he that wavereth or wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Yet there's no control over it. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of Yahweh. Notice that. So when we unwaver, what should be our expectation? The expectation should be nothing. That's the expectation. Because if we waver, as we find here, it says, let us not think that we're going to receive anything from Yahweh. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You know, as we see here, doubt is something that we can't afford to have as believers. You know, if we have doubt within our hearts, it says here that we're not going to reap the blessings. We're not going to receive those blessings because, again, we, we have hesitation with that belief. You know, we, we must be fully convinced, fully persuaded, have this passionate, deep-down belief that he can fulfill these promises when we go to him in prayer. Faith is, again, a deep, intense, and passionate belief in our Father in heaven. You know, think about the last major issue you had in your life and ask yourself during this time, did I seek Yahweh's provision, his help in faith? Think about that for just a moment. Think back again, time in your life when you had some sort of issues, or maybe you're going through an issue now, and ask, do I have faith in Yahweh? Am I looking to him for the solutions? Or do I have doubt? Or am I not even giving him the opportunity to respond? Did I go to him in prayer, believing, knowing that he could deliver me or the trial or tribulation from my suffering? You know, I think it's time that we ask ourselves, how much faith do we really have as believers? You know, we can never grow. We can never change if we don't first acknowledge where we need to grow. We need to realize where we're at to realize where we need to go. And that's why it's important that we're honest with ourselves and we, we evaluate, we, we ask, where are we when it comes to our faith? When I say I have faith, do I believe it? You know, I believe in the one, do I believe in the one I'm worshiping? Do I believe that he can really do all things, as he says within his word? You know, only you and you alone know the answer, and it's not for me or anyone else to know that answer. You yours and yours alone. But know this, we will not be blessed if we're weak in faith. That's what Scripture says. And again, this is not health, wealth, and prosperity. This is not some sort of, sort of a prosperity gospel. No, it's not any of that stuff. What it is is what Scripture says, that if we want to receive something from Yahweh, we must first believe in him. You know, there were so many examples of faith, even with Yahshua's ministry and all the healing. And it was always predicated, if you, if, you, if you look at the text, upon the faith of the person receiving the blessing. Always. So we must believe. And, and in fact, in, in Matthew 21-22, it says there that we must have faith when we pray. When we pray. Mark 10, verse 52 also says that we must have faith for healing. Faith is an absolute crucial component. If we're going to reap Yahweh's blessings, we must have a firm and resolute faith in him. Otherwise, we're not going to receive his blessings. It's really quite simple. I want to close now with uh, James 2, starting in verse 14. We find there an invaluable lesson, and that is that we need faith in works. So James 2, 14 through 20 says, What is a prophet, my brethren? 
Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto him, Depart in peace, so we have the means to help, but we don't help. Be you warned, warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What does it profit? So where's the advantage? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one Elohim, thou doest will. The devils also believe and tremble. So, you know, if faith was it, if faith was all that we had to have, the devils too are in, are in good, good territory because they believe as well. But as we know, the devils are certainly not going to be blessed. So faith alone is not a strategy we want to pursue. It says, but will thou know, vain man, that faith without works is dead? So what lesson here do we find from James? Well, this is such an important lesson for us as believers. You know, the vast majority of churchgoers today believe that faith and works are diametrically opposed to one another. They will say, faith alone. I believe. He does it all for me. I don't have to do a thing. For those of you trying to do works, obeying, you're in legalism. That's not what we find here. That's not what we find here. The truth is we must both believe and obey our Father in heaven. Real simple concept. It's not complicated. You know, Revelation 12, 17, 14, 12. I'm not going to read those, but we find there that a believer does two things. A believer, number one, obeys and has faith, it says in the Messiah, Yahshua. If either one is left out, we no longer qualify as a saint or a believer in Yahweh. And that's just the fact. That's just the fact of, of how it works with Scripture. And we also see another important lesson here, and that is that we must show our faith by what we do. And we've seen so many examples of that throughout this message. You know, with, with Noah, you know, Yahweh says, do something. He did it. He had faith, and he obeyed. Or Abraham, the same thing. He told Abraham to leave. Or Abraham left. He obeyed, and he had faith. Or he had faith first, and then he obeyed. That's how it works. We have faith first, and then we act upon that faith. That's how it works. Abraham left his country. He left everything he knew. You know, in this example, we see that, again, this concept of faith and works. And that's not one or the other. It's both. And that's something we must accept and realize as believers. We must act upon our faith. And that's really the message. When we have faith, we're going to do something about that faith. And that's really what we find here. If we believe in Yahweh, we're going to show our faith in part by obeying him, by doing what he says to do. You know, I pray that this message has been, has been a blessing to you. Uh, I hope that we would all be people of faith, that we would all follow the examples of, let's say, Noah, Abraham, Moses. We didn't talk about Moses today, but Moses also is a man of great faith. And David. You know, David had a tremendous amount of faith. But most of all, I pray that we would, also, that we would follow the example of Yahshua the Messiah that we would look to him as that torchbearer and follow as he lived. 
We need to remember also that without faith, it is impossible to please our Father in heaven. We must believe in him. And again, it's not a verbal, I believe. It is so much more than that. And that's what, I've, what I'm conveying to you today. It is so much more than a simple verbal confession of belief. It is this living, intense belief, conviction, persuasion that goes down to our very core of who we are, that drives our behavior, that drives our discussions, that drives everything about us. That is faith. It is not a, a belief superficially. No, it's something much more than that. So I pray that we would understand that, that we understand what faith is, and that it's impossible to please that when we worship without it, and also, as we've heard, to receive his blessings. So with that, may Yahweh bless you.